This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. I think that we have done an excellent job covering this Ukraine situation, but the hits keep coming. Every day it's something new. Most of it is just a bunch of baloney. Tweets and rumors. Breaking (laughs) tweets and rumors. I love that. I really have to get my glossary back on track and... Breaking rumors is going to be one of my, uh, one of your, I'm going to attribute it to you, catchphrase. Well, talking about vague news, the headline in the Wall Street Journal, whistleblower expected to testify soon. I know. And it's the first reference I've heard where someone refers to Xi as a he or a she. So Adam Schiff referred to the whistleblower as a he, which I do not actually think gets us closer to knowing whether or not it is a he or a she. Well, we certainly hope he doesn't misgender this person. That's true. And maybe that will be a subplot. But I noticed both Lindsey Graham and Chris Wallace both said he or she, why they didn't use the they, the they grammatically incorrect but politically correct pronoun. I don't know. But anyway, so I'm, I just don't know. Anyway, so there he's going to that whistleblower is going to supposedly testify soon. Sometime soon. Very vague, like you said. The other latest developments related to that are one that they are trying to speed up the impeachment process, apparently, by focusing it only instead of focusing it on the you know 40 or 50,000 list of lies that The Washington Post has. For impeachment, they're focusing it only on the abuse of power by trying to allegedly force Ukraine to interfere in the 2020 election. And in response to this, to these developments, Trump went on a, a tweet tirade, as CNN would call it. And they say that he tweeted that there's going to be a civil war if he loses what he actually tweeted. I saw that headline. Yeah, that I, I was wondering. You will notice it's very hard to find the actual tweet in those articles. I never saw the actual tweet. Trump quoted somebody else, Pastor Robert Jeffries. He was on Fox News, and he said if the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, which they will never be, it will cause a civil war like fracture in this nation from which our country will never heal. Oh, he didn't even say it was a civil war. Yeah, and he retweeted somebody else. And it, but it was civil war like fracture. Civil war like fracture, and that is not the same as a civil war. That it's very yeah. different. <laughs> that became the top trend on Twitter right now and all day today about Trump saying there's going to be a civil war if he loses. Just another way for them to go ahead and delegitimize it in people's minds. But on these Sunday shows yesterday, they were doing something really interesting. Is they were on the one hand telling their audiences. Do not focus on the confusing disinformation about Joe Biden and his son and China and CrowdStrike, this ridiculous conspiracy about CrowdStrike and Ukraine. Debunked. Yeah, debunked this conspiracy. debunked conspiracy. I did hear people say that. This debunked conspiracy. That CrowdStrike framed Russia, and they just totally – they say, we know all of this is confusing after they make it confusing. Don't focus on any of that, but what you need to focus on, what you need to state, what you need to be clear on is what we know. We know that the White House has already admitted that Trump abused his power by trying to force the Ukrainian president to interfere in the 2020 election by giving dirt on his political opponent, the very innocent, angelic, and godly Joe Biden. 
The funny thing for me is, and this is going to come up probably several times just in our conversation today, not to mention the entire process of this thing, is that they, it's as if, to me, they framed this entire thing to, like, it's like the Trump versus Epstein thing writ large. Like, Epstein was about the Clintons, and they're making it about the Trumps. This, yeah. everything they say that Trump did, they did. They actually went to, in 2016, they dug up dirt on Manafort, which got, or they tried to, which got him to resign as campaign chair before the election. And they, Joe Biden admitted that he tried to withhold, he threatened to withhold aid if they didn't uh, prosecute his, if they didn't prosecute uh get the prosecutor fired and then they also it, this is like gone back and forth a bit they even told the new prosecutor who he could not go after specifically the soros organization over there which we can talk about later but they <laughs> do all the things that they say they're not doing and funny fox which as you have pointed out does not do a great job covering this did publish today a prank call of, it was on YouTube. Remember a while back when Elliot Abrams took over the Venezuela regime change operation? Yeah. And I played, which I pulled from a 21st Century Wire post, these Russian pranksters who called him and said that they were whatever, trying to forget what they were doing on the Venezuela front, but they were pranking Elliot Abrams and got Abrams to tell them like, Oh, we're just threatening military action. We could never take it, but we're just trying to whatever we're doing other stuff. You remember that? Yeah. So these same guys, they're Russian comedians or radio hosts or something. They called Adam Schiff, who is this head of the permanent selects committee on intelligence. And he's the guy who said the whistleblower is coming soon and all this two years ago this recording exists of them two years ago calling Schiff and saying, oh, we have, there's this like Russian spy chick, honeypot, whatever, who has naked pictures of Trump that put him in a compromising position, which because she is the granddaughter of Putin, he took seriously. And now Putin told him to lift the sanctions or they would release these pictures. So Adam Schiff was like, <laughs> yeah, and the and the guys pretended they were Ukrainian. That's what's really funny is that the Russian guys acted like they were Ukrainian, that they were pulling dirt on Trump from Ukraine. Yeah. And I think it's because they knew that we that the Democrats were already using Ukraine to pull this dirt. That yeah. is what they were doing. So it's it was a great prank call. And it's very clear that these guys it's like it's like um you know, accepting help from a foreigner in order to attack political rivals, which is exactly what they complain about. I love a good prank call, especially when someone's just so eager so to find, just so eager to jump on anything that it was just delightful. It's like we're going to follow up and dot all the eyes and get all the details, the spellings, the times and places. Yeah, don't even verify the phone number. Don't verify who called. We love. I this know. Information. That's the funny thing is that it clearly was not verified. The the miracles of confirmation bias are effective in prank calling for sure. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? Maybe they don't even care if it's valid. 
What do they care? They, yeah, I don't think they it, do. It does not rise to the standard of negligence, though. When we were talking about defamation the other day, this that, in my mind, is negligent. Yeah, it's totally negligent, but they don't care because they just want to push the narrative that they're trying to push, and they're pushing it really hard. A couple of the shows that I watched yesterday, one was Jake Tapper, State of the Union. I'll tell you about that in a second. The other was Brian Stelter, whose initials are BS, by the way. It's fitting. <laughs> just like Shep. Shep Smith, Shep's the Shepherds, the Shepherd yeah, Smith, Shepherds. Yeah, impeachment. exactly. Which, by the way, Zelensky sounds a lot like Lewinsky, Clinton's impeachment scandal, the and president Zelensky of Ukraine. Is the president, yeah. Yeah. So on Brian Stelter's show, reliable sources, most unreliable source on television, <laughs> Robert De Niro was on as an interview guest, and he had a really he did not want to be there. He clearly didn't want to be there. He was looking around the whole time, not making eye contact with Stelter while he was doing the interview. It was like he was waiting for somebody to walk in who was trying to beat him up. He looked like he was nervous. He his agent said, You gotta go do Stelter show this morning. We're gonna promote your new movie, your gangster movie, and you're gonna repeat these talking points about Trump because you've kind of become the tough guy. The tough guy who talks about how he wants to punch Trump in the face. And at one point in time, De Niro actually said, you know, he's the, uh, he's the worst president. He's even worse than I could imagine. Uh, but, you know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt on day one. I said, you know, we'll give him a shot, which I went back and looked at the dates. Shortly, be- <laughs> shortly before Trump was elected, De Niro did like a minute and a half video where he called him a bum, a loser, a POS. I want to punch him in the face. So I don't necessarily buy his story that he was giving him the benefit of doubt. But one of the interesting themes that De Niro brought in, which Stelter was prompting everything De Niro said. So Stelter would, would like tap on the desk and say, but do you think he's unfit for office? And, and then De Niro would go, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's unfit for office. And, and Stelter would go, medically unfit? And uh, De Niro goes, yeah. <laughs> I know where this is going. I think he's possibly medically unfit. I, I mean, know where this is going, although I don't see how it's relevant what Robert De Niro thinks it, about it. Right. Right? It's the 25th Amendment. Yeah. And, and here's, here was Robert De Niro's rambling explanation as for why Trump is medically, uh, medically, medically mentally ill was the way that it was put. And he said it's because – he goes, it's because I saw Trump out in front of the helicopter – you know, when he was about to go somewhere, talking endlessly and sweating. Trump didn't ask anyone for a handkerchief, even though he was sweating so bad. He didn't even dry himself, and you just got to know, there's just something very strange about that. That was his explanation. Wasn't he himself sweating on that? Like, I saw a little snippet of the Brian Stelter thing, and I'm just he like, He looked this a little looks mentally like, ill, medically looked, mentally he ill He definitely to me. looked uh, deranged. But this, the, the pulling, like, Stelter was going, what are, what's the explanation? He obviously had something specific he was trying to get out of him, and he couldn't come up with any reasons to justify any of the blanket statements he was making about him that Stelter prompted him on, but ultimately— the message he delivered was that, 25th Amendment type stuff, we're going to get back into that, and then that Trump absolutely must be impeached, who has no other choice. There's no other way around. He's been the worst ever. He's done things even worse than that. He's a gangster. He's a gangster. And then Stelter goes, speaking of gangsters, you have a new gangster movie coming out. Are you kidding me? He's got to segue right into that. I did not realize that, but the gangster thing, I figured that they, well, I was, it was clear that they picked De Niro for this particular presentation because of his role as a gangster, which he was actually playing exactly on the show on yeah. the Stelter show. He but was. here and here is the thing: that gangster thing is going to have legs, and I'll tell you how I know. So 
I remembered him saying something like that or me having this thing about the whole gangster vibe that De Niro is delivering on Trump. And today when I was reading the Wall Street Journal, there was there's an article on page A4 that says Democrats warm to impeachment warily. And it says Portia Sterling reached the conclusion that Mr. Trump needed to be impeached after she heard he had pressed Ukraine to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden, who is seeking the 2020 Democratic nomination. Mr. Trump's past behavior amounted to gangster stuff. (laughs) But right now it's our national security at stake, said the retired teacher seated in the shade before a Las Vegas campaign event for Mr. Biden, which was on Friday. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and the De Niro thing was on Sunday. So it's not like this. I was like, well, if she said it last night, then she just like snapped to what De Niro was saying. Yeah. But unless De Niro was snapping to what Portia Sterling was saying, I am going to say this is not a coincidence. It's not a theme, at all. A theme. And Netflix you produced this movie. The o- the Obama net Obama's Netflix, as Trump might call it. Obama net? Obama net produced this movie. The uh, De Niro thing. The De Niro movie. The De Niro where De Niro plays like a I don't know like a forty year old or something. They do this digital stuff where they make him what? look really young and creepy. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm forty in the movie. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what they do. They get him and Pacino. They reverse age them digitally, and now Whoa. now they get to do their younger roles again. Wow! Taking roles away Think from younger about actors that. because, and of course, in in I mean, they can do it after they're dead, probably too. But like, they need to give Soros a couple of more years because, I, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah, George Soros is just like the face of all this stuff, and like they're literally scapegoating him. Like they're going to push all of this like nefarious stuff into George Soros's well, even though Soros might be completely out of all of this. Totally, like I don't know who took his spot at the helm. David Axelrod, maybe you know who knows. I don't know, but. If they can reverse age people, as you say, then uh, the sky's the limit of exploiting an, an avatar, an icon, a, an image, a symbol. You know, symbols are so important. Villain symbols, hero symbols, very important. It's nice to be able to you, you know, get the most out of those. That's why I think Trump isn't gonna, is going to get reelected. He's just too valuable an icon, a lightning rod. Yeah, May- and maybe we'll get De Niro playing a child or a baby in his next movie with this new technology. <laughs> A gangster baby, a little like like uh, the baby that smokes a cigar on Bugs Bunny. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> but De Niro and Pacino as babies inside uh, baby face De Niro. a daycare together. Yeah, and they run a organized crime in a daycare. Like kind of like the way the blind sheik runs the um, madrasas out of a U.S. prison. You're gonna give me those toy blocks right now. Give, gives you some cover. So there was a lot of themes that they were pushing. Along with those themes in the multiple shows, and I mentioned earlier they're trying to cover up the crowd strike thing. They're trying to say that that's debunked. They're trying to say don't don't listen to these confusing details. Just listen to the fact that Trump needs to be impeached, and there's plenty of evidence for it. Okay, so Jim Jordan, a Republican congressman, a former wrestler, and he goes after people a lot during testimony. Now, he was on Jake Tapper producing the count the other narrative. Actually, before I go into that, I did want to mention that – De Niro twice said the F word, and they didn't bleep it on oh, that was sources. outrageous. And it was so prompt. Stelter, the, the camera, even the, the way the camera was set up was weird. And, and De Niro was, like, looking off camera for cues 
all, the whole time. Wow. And Stelter goes, so so Republicans, they uh, uh, when you say things like Trump needs to be removed from office, I mean, the Fox News comes after you. I remember when you were yes. on television swearing and right on cue, De Niro goes, ah, F them. F him. And then right. Stelter acts surprised, even though he just blatantly prompted him. And then it was Stel- actually one of De Niro's worst performances. He really, tweeted it at it was Freedom Radio. It was excellent. And I think it's getting retweeted like bananas. I, I think after that, after that poor performance by De Niro, that uh, Beta, Beto. Why gonna, do you call him Beta? Because he's Beta. He's a Beta male. Oh, cute. Okay. Yeah. He's That's gonna... cute. Oh, I'm putting that in my names. <laughs> Just like BS is Brian Stetler. Yeah, so he's like in a, in a competition between De Niro on who can say the F word on CNN the most in oh a believable fashion. I think De Niro lost some credibility yesterday. Yeah, I have one thing before you move on, though. I still got Unless one point to make that. about yeah, that yeah. is mm-hmm. he asked him why he uses that language. And he said, well, we're, well actually, he, did, he didn't answer. He said, well, you know, Trump's just uh, – uh, and the Stelter goes – are you saying we're in a crisis situation? And he goes, yeah, we're in a crisis yeah, yeah, situation. Line. Yeah. Line. Yeah. So, so we got to say the F word because we got to start a revolution and young people got to be uh, free to swear. Oh, my gosh. And I will say, I hope people remember, and if they don't, just listen to my show every once in a while. I'll say it again, that I absolutely highlighted the minute that this started when Vicente Fox said the said vulgarity. Referring to Trump, I think it was February 2016. Maybe it was 2017 after the inauguration, but I think it was 2016 during the campaign. I'm not sure. But I knew that it was a watershed moment on using vulgarity on the public airwaves and, furthermore, that they would blame Trump for it, for creating (laughs) that atmosphere. And that is exactly what's happened. I mean, that was one of my, like, top five. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. It's coming out again. Hardcore right now. And the Jim Jordan interview really reminded me of what – did you have something to comment on Yeah, well, just one thing that is like on this topic but not related to that specifically. But what I heard – I will give credit where credit is due. I heard on Rush today he said – and then I looked into it and Lindsey Graham said it too – that they had just changed the rules – to allow whistleblowers to refer to to blow the whistle on hearsay, did you hear that that they had just changed the rules like weeks before this happened? No, I, I did not. But I am yeah. So what's the rule now? So it what the rule prior to this what longstanding rule that you could whistleblow, but only if you were the witness. But if you were, if it was just hearsay, yeah, if you did not witness the action, the words, or the act then you could not file a whistleblower complaint like through this process. See, now that reminds me that one of the other themes they were pushing was the whistleblower protections not being that there was too many holes in the whistleblower protections and that these other whistleblowers that are absolutely involved in this case, they say, are not going to be willing to come forward. And then they would say, like, for example, here's some of the problems with the current whistleblower law. And one of the examples was that it does not protect intelligence agencies' whistleblowers from criminal prosecution. So that's the problem with the whistleblower laws they were saying on the news yesterday is they would prefer that intelligence agents 
be free to whistleblow and not have to worry about being criminally charged, like, so say, what if are they're lying, maybe? Yeah, right. So you're just saying, like, this is just a whole new level of leaked emails, accidentally released FOIA. Like, we, because the news has no credibility at all, what they use as their sources now is simply stuff that it looks like was embarrassing or was an inside leak. Like, n- there's no credibility at government or, or media to actually have official sources or real evidence that that people just won't believe it. So they only believe it when it's like, well, I read it in Hillary's secret email. Yeah, and the, there's a UN whistleblower law that I think they're probably going to try and push for, which gives – don't quote me on this. I need to dig deeper in it, but from my cursory reading of it, it gives pretty much absolute protection to – Intel agency whistleblowers is what it seems like it would do to me, which so is a terrible just, thing. That just seems to me like a another level of credibility they're trying to assign to pure propaganda. Yes. I mean, what is this guy going to testify to in, in, in Congress anyway? I mean, it's hearsay. It's yeah, so it's they, all hearsay. He's, so when people are saying who is the guy who told him, that is what everybody's saying. So it's not him. It's whoever told him. Like, that's the person you've got to get to. But they say and that's he, probably a chick. They might try. He, they say they might find that oh, information out. Maybe it's out. Gina Haspel. What? They say that maybe that they're going to that, that he might tell them who it is. But so the whistleblower is going to blow the whistle on another whistleblower. I thought we're yes. not allowed to reveal the it's just stupid. The whole but the whole I feel thing. like I just think the gender thing is going to matter. So I feel like I think you're it's right. going to be a high level chick is going to be the one who fed the whistleblower the dirt. You always know in a movie when they're they're talking about like a, a vigilante or something that they yeah. haven't caught yet, and they say he he well yes. he you know it's going to be a woman yes when they say yes. that a whole lot so absolutely Jim Jordan was sent to Jake Tapper State of the Union and he went there to talk about how Joe Biden would fired the prosecutor the talking points from the right last week about Joe Biden firing the prosecutor to protect his son and Jake Tapper according to every headline shreds. Trump supporter Jim Jordan, who tries to defend his allegations against against Biden, promoting debunked conspiracy theories, Jake Tapper just just destroys them. And what Tapper was saying was Tapper was saying was kind of like what you were saying, but it was confusing the way it was coming out. Is Tapper was flipping it on his head. He was saying, "No, no, he 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 didn't investigate Biden's son. That's not even who he was investigating. Therefore, the whole allegation is debunked." Because that's not true, what you're and saying. They're saying it's not only debunked, but it actually shows that Biden was above the politics and totally above board because he, despite the fact that it would hurt his son to investigate his son's boss, still he was pushing for that. It was pure virtue on Biden's part. So I came away from the tap. You know, I cracked confused. the code on that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I came away confused, <laughs> and they were intentionally trying to confuse so that they could yes. then say, don't focus on this. Only focus on this simple thing. Trump's guilty. Biden's innocent. Impeach. So if you could clarify. Yes. So this is what happened. Friday night and Saturday morning before the WSB show, I just – I was trying to crack the code on this because of that exact detail. It was – they kept saying he was getting rid of the prosecutor who was after his son's boss, that there's – and I, and I just kept being confused like you were, right? It just did not make sense unless there was this level of virtue on the part of Biden that's unheard of in politics. So I even like didn't pull on that thread because I was just like, okay, virtue, fine. Then 
I noticed that Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, was seated on the Burisma board at the same time. And I thought, oh, who's that? Why didn't we ever hear this guy's name? I didn't know there was another American financier on the board of Burisma put at the exact same day and time as Hunter and was his partner. (laughs) So I said, well, let me just Google this guy. And it comes up. He was convicted of a major fraud. Major. So then I was like, oh, well, these guys are fraudsters. So... I'm going to go back and pull on that string that says he's the most honest guy who ever lived. So what I found was that that Biden and Jeffrey Pyatt, who was the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine at the time, were trying to get the uh, Shokin, the prosecutor in Ukraine, Shokin, to investigate – uh, I have the names here. They're kind of hard to remember. Mykola Zlochevsky, who was yeah. the sole owner of Burisma. They were trying to get those two – they were trying to get Shokin to investigate Zlochevsky. So in 2014, I don't know which month, but it was in the beginning, Zlochevsky goes on the run. Pyatt or whoever in London sees seizes – $23 million of his assets, which I'm sure is chicken scratch compared to what the guy's worth because Burisma Holdings is the largest gas production company privately held in Ukraine. So around the time this guy's run out of town, that's when Hunter and Devin are put on the board. So we don't know if the Burisma guy put him on the board. Probably not, or maybe was coerced into doing so. But anyway, Shokin would not pursue the guy, and because – he, Shokin would not file papers against Burisma Hold against Slochevsky. London had to release his assets, so the guy got his money. And uh, and Shokin, furthermore, started investigating the so-called anti-corruption NGO that Soros and the U.S. government established in Ukraine that was going after Slochevsky. So there was a Soros U.S. government entity called the Anti-Corruption Action Center going after Burisma. And Shokin said, I'm not not only not going after Zlochevsky of Burisma, I'm going after you because what are you guys up to? And then Biden gets him fired, gets the new guy in, and the new guy said at one point and then retracted that um, he got a, a message from the new ambassador saying don't prosecute the Anti-Corruption Action Center. Don't look into that. And don't go after this or that, like a no prosecution list, which so the new guy uh, who was Lusenko, I think the guy's name was the new prosecutor, Lutsenko, Lutsenko. Yeah, he also would not go after the Burisma guy. And now, like in 2017, 2018, the Burisma guy came back and and they're still after him. But what I think is happening, because this anti-corruption action center is similar, is is one of Soros' organizations in Ukraine, but he has two others that he funds that do a similar thing, one called the Kleptocracy Action Re- uh, Asset Recovery. It's called the Kleptocracy? Yes, it's 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 telling you that who they're after are guilty kleptocrats, which they usually are, I think. I think they are going after corrupt people in other countries. Isn't klepto but, a thief? Yeah, kleptocracy <laughs> means a government of thieves. <laughs> So, and then they have the Democracy Integrity Initiative also. So what they do is, this is, in the Ukraine case, Soros and the U.S. government were funding it. The, I don't know if the U.S. government is funding the other ones, but I know Soros is, or I've read that Soros is. And what they do is they highlight 
like corrupt people in other countries who have massive amounts of assets, which they probably did get in a corrupt fashion. But instead of like the country where it came from pursuing it through legal means, this like extra legal, non-governmental entity goes in and somehow pressures and gets the assets away from these people. And they say they put them back to the country. But in this case, so this is the scenario I think was going to play out. What they wanted to play out was they get this guy who owns Burisma on the run. They put Hunter and Devin in there. And when they get him to be convicted or kickback, they receive, it's not even a conviction. They get his assets frozen and seized just like we do to Drug people here on the charges, not on the conviction, asset forfeiture, it's a terrible thing. It's stealing. That's kleptocracy. Yeah. So what they do is, so what I think they, what I speculate they might have been wanting to do was to get that guy's assets, seize them, leave them in Burisma, cut him out, and then those two guys who have been accused of and implicated in influence peddling, fraud, stuff like that, Hunter's associates have been up to their necks in that stuff. Yeah. That that what they would do is two things. One is they would be in position as the finance guys to get the fees. And fees for brokering that stuff can be very high. Like 7% is like a normal fee. It's like when you sell your house. So just even legitimately they could get that. But what happens over there so often and probably happened, this is probably how Zlochevsky got his ill-gotten gains and a lot of the Russian oligarchs got their money this way, if not all of them, is that when the state has materials, uh, has assets that are found that have to be put back to the people or seize assets or had, want to privatize a company that used to be government-owned, they, they place those assets with their cronies at below market prices. So they take $2 billion worth of assets and they sell it to you for $500 million, and then at the end of the day, maybe you kick back the guy money. I don't know. I mean, that is accusing like people of a crime, but I'm saying that is something that does happen sometimes. So if you have the assets of this, so they, so they wanted the prosecutor to go after the head of Brisma, I think, so that he would lose the rights to those assets and they would be there to figure out how to allocate those assets and get a piece of the action. So Joe it's Biden's not, son would be there. That's what that. I think. Yeah. So I don't think it's inconsistent that Biden wanted a prosecutor in there who would go after this guy and get those assets at Burisma. It wasn't going to hurt Hunter. Hunter was going to be there to step into the void, in my opinion. And Joe Biden does say in that clip at the Brookings Institution or CFR yeah. that they got the other prosecutor out and they put in a guy that was – I can't solid. remember his exact words. But he, said he said solid, and he slaps the guy on the shoulder, solid, like yeah. pointing out that's what a solid thing is because that guy was a supposed hero of the West. He was in jail from uh, the previous Yanukovych, the previous governor, and then when he got out of jail, when our guys got in, they thought he was our guy. So I think these prosecutors aren't going, would not go after Zlochevsky because my guess is Zlochevsky is a dangerous character. Okay, so you know, and we talked about the guy, the banker who like got suicided in his own yeah. backyard in a similar scandal, you know. So if I'm if I'm Jim Jordan, because this is what they're playing over and over again to establish, uh, Bi- they're really covering this uh, thing up hardcore for Biden. I mean, they they are really trying. But hard. they started it, so I think that it must have been 
bubbling up to the surface anyway. That's and I point. and I feel like somebody had to have fed Trump. I mean, he doesn't prepare for his own calls. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't if I was just a CEO of a company. You don't. You know what I mean? You're too busy. So somebody fed him the lines. Well, what's happened is it was in in the story becoming parallel. You ended up researching it and finding deeper narrative, while the mainstream media is confusing the issue and um, kind of like Snopes presents the the wrong question so that they can debunk it. Whereas if they had presented the right question, they wouldn't have been able to. So here it appears that you have Jim Jordan coming on saying that, look, Biden is corrupt or possibly corrupt because he asked. He, he withheld a billion dollars until they fired a prosecutor who might have been investigating his son. Exactly. Jake, yeah. Yes, that's what they're saying, that he was trying to get, get the prosecutor called off of the Burisma guy. And the other guy comes back and says, no, you've got it wrong. He was trying to get them to sick the Burisma guy. Okay. So, yeah, Tapper's response is, no, that's not true. What you said is is proven. Right, I'm false. debunking the whole right. Republican position. Right, I know position. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just giving the position that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I, I what you're saying is right because it's confusing on purpose. But that's why. And I wouldn't even just be speculating that this is what they were up to, except for that Soros has those other entities that seem to do exactly that. So Jake they did Tapper. it to Malaysia, and I kept following Malaysia. I was like, who the hell is after Malaysia, and why? Why, why, why? And I just thought it was geopolitical. And I would say this guy in Malaysia is getting railroaded by the Wall Street Journal and everybody else. And I would get people from Malaysia emailing me saying, that guy's a crook. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it, but what they're saying, like, why are they doing this? He must be on the wrong side of somebody. And so what I think the scam is, is that they find the actual crooks, which are not hard to find in all of these countries, and the ones that aren't going to give them the payola right up front, they'll go in the back door and just say, oh, we're taking you down, and we're ta-. And I'm, I'd like to know who's disposing of all those Malaysian assets. So it's kind of like, it sounds like, someone going door to door and confiscating property almost. <gasps> that is... Not unlike George Soros years ago. Yes, but the years, property years ago, that but... George Soros was confiscating was innocent people. Yeah, th- these are So now he's targeting unsympathetic people. Yeah. And, and big corporations and major countries. He's refined his technique. He has. He's but gotten better. But we do know that it that nothing makes him happier. Let me ask you. What, that's right. It's the best time of his life. What? One more question. And you might you might have covered this. It's just it's a very confusing. Right. Issue. Right. No. It's please because it's complicated. I've heard them talk about they've they've talked about the different attorneys. So. Yeah. You think they're talking about the same attorney. They say, they say the prosecutor at the heart of the Trump call. That is what they say. And they're talking about Lutsenko, who's the guy Biden installed. And he says Biden didn't do anything wrong. They're not talking to Shokin, the guy who probably knows what they were up to. Okay. And the one that they fired is the first one. Is Shokin? No, Lutsenko. Shokin they fired, and he is never the one there that the mainstream media is talking about. Okay, okay. Lutsenko is the guy Biden installed, ah, and he's the one I who see. says Biden's clean. But the way they refer to him, I've seen different outlets say it in the same way. I tweeted it both times. It said the prosecutor at the heart of the Trump Ukraine scandal says Biden's clean, but yeah. he's not at the heart. That makes you think it's the one that got fired. Right. That's why I started looking into it. I just try to clarify because on the WSB show, people call. So if you don't know what you're talking about, 
You know what I mean? If you don't have callers, it's kind of easy to fudge it. But if you if you have to be able to understand the whole narrative, that's how I discover all this stuff because I'm just trying to figure out how to, um, you know, to make sure I have all the facts right in case I'm challenged on it. Well, that definitely helps clarify it for me. Oh, and by the way, I should say that uh, it it was a little different from, but in the same vein as when you discovered that and found through hard work and research on purpose that Stacey Abrams intentionally burned the flag and set back the effort of changing the flag yeah. by 10 years. Sabotaged it. Yeah, so you brought that out on our show on WSB, and there was no putting that genie back in the bottle, so it was covered. It was covered by the New York Times, covered what you absolutely no question mm-hmm. about originated with you. But they did not give you credit because if they gave you credit, people would be able to go back and listen to the show and understand what you were saying, what you found, what it meant, and clear up all the confusion. Instead, they presented it as, look at her, she's such a a great civil rights activist, she burned that flag, right? But they wouldn't have understood that she did it, and it set the effort back. Right. Uh, Yeah, as though if that were true, her claim, her campaign's claim, the New York Times claim, as though that would not have been the central feature of her message if that were actually true. Right, and you wouldn't have had to dig it out. Yeah. So I would ask people on this occasion that if you do talk about this story, refer people to us, to the WSB show, to this show. A little something for the effort is always nice, but it will also, I mean, it also keeps this confusing story from getting twisted because what we just said, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if people would refer to what we just said as being what, what Tapper was saying. Yeah. And- you know what I mean? So refer people to this week. We're going to play it every day. Like we're going to, it's important replay, that you do this. Yes, we're going to replay the the in during drive time news plus this week. We're going to replay the WSB show where you know I spent two hours laying out. I mean, and it goes deeper. It goes to the Mueller investigation. It's all it connected. Goes, I mean, I I really turned over a rock with this, and I'm sure it will get twisted or buried. I I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but you could help it go someplace if you've got a show or write a blog or whatever tweet just. Just, yes, uh, let people know because there is a concerted effort to flip reality on its head. Yes. The, I mean, it's, it is over the top and unbelievable, and it's relentless. So if you want to fight for the truth, spread Monica's hard work and well, bring this stuff up around. Well, I actually got a little nervous because people were tweeting to lawmakers, oh, listen to Uh-oh. Monica's <laughs> show, and I'm like, that, that might be going too far. <laughs> I don't want that kind of attention. I'm okay with that. I, I, uh, I know that. you are. Well, thank you so, for your your uh, hard work and uncovering uh, all that stuff. It was very clarifying to me. And you can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow.